Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Before we get to the show, we have an exciting announcement because we are doing a live show in Los Angeles, Woo! the city of angels, <laughs> on Wednesday. City. The windy city, the sunshine state, <laughs> um, on Wednesday, December 4th at Largo. Yes. OMG, we are so excited to be in this space. Lucy, how do we get tickets? Oh, you can get tickets at wineandcrimepodcast.com forward slash live. Just go to the website. There's all the information you'll ever need. We're so excited. We will see you in L.A. on Wednesday, December 4th. We cannot wait. Now on to the show. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Kenyon. <gasps> I'm Lucy. <gasps> And I'm Amanda. <laughs> <gasps> and Amanda is recording from a very special remote location. True. It is the truth. I'm in mm. Amsterdam. Oh. Yes, and I definitely took a bite of a space cake before this, so this should get interesting. <laughs> Denver, round two. <laughs> yeah. Amanda's is just silent through her segment. <laughs> As I was cutting it, Bill was like, are you sure you want to eat that much? And I was like, no. And then I took way less. <laughs> I listened this time. You didn't flip a coin. <laughs> flip a kroner. No, they use zero here. But oh. there was no coin toss in this situation at all. <laughs> You've oh learned. Goodness. Our girl I've has learned. learned. A, tiny, a tiny itty bitty bit. <laughs> the tiniest uh, well. bit. Amanda's location kind of fits with our very special fan pick topic this week. Um, it's an extremely specific topic <laughs> for an episode, um, but I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I had a ton of fun researching this one. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our fan picker, Lara Vukelich. Nailed it. Vukelich. Don't know. Vukelich. Vukelich. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Laura has chosen medieval animal trials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not like animal testing. No animals. No testing kind of on animals. No. Like a jury trial. Mm -hmm. But animals were harmed in the making of said trials <laughs> in the making of these cases not in the making of this episode mm. yeah totally yeah all right so on that note uh amanda what is our wine crime pairing for medieval animal trials Oof. well during my research for this episode and i am certain we'll get to it um, I know we will in my, like, hodgepodge of cases, but I discovered that pigs were consistent, quote-unquote, offenders in the eyes of the law <laughs> oh, back yeah. in the days of animal trials. They're violent. 
I know. Yeah, it was scary. Pigs will eat a baby. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, so Wild Pig Viognier felt like a great fit <laughs> for this episode. Nice. And it's yeah. that sounds, that sounds mm-hmm. delicious. Totally. It actually really is. This is a Languedoc region French wine that retails for about six euro. God, I'm cool. Oh, wow. And That's affordable. Uh-huh. It's like 10 bucks U.S., depending on how much Trump has ruined the economy that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the cute detail about this vineyard is that pigs literally roam on this vineyard. Nice. Yeah, so, like, one of the cute notes on their website was about how the winemaker used to get super annoyed that one of the pigs would find, like, the best grapes in the vineyard right when they were ready to be harvested and just start snacking on them right off the vine. (laughs) But now thinks it's super cute, just lets the dang pigs live their best lives. Pigs are so darn cute. They know know how to live. They really do. Mm -hmm. So this Viognier clocks in at about 12.5% and boasts flavors of orange, citrus, and melon balanced by a nice dry finish. Nice. So and Viognier is a white? It is wine? a white wine. Okay. Nailed mm-hmm. it. Yep. And this bad boy is a cracker. Since I am not allowed by the TSA to bring a wine and crime nice pop wine key on an airplane. In your carry-on, certainly not. No. Could kill a man. Mm. Yeah. Or a pig. When, or a rooster. Or a pig. Mm-hmm. Or a goat. Or a cow. I love mm-hmm. it. Or a rat. So shall we crack? Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Ooh. Oh. Oh, overseas crack. Yeah. <laughs> can just hear the cobblestone streets. And the canals. Bestial mm-hmm. crack. The yeah. the sound of bicycle tires on the on the stone streets. Okay, I'm done. Hey, <laughs> those bikes are legit. They yeah. are no nonsense. Yeah. I got ways. run over by a bicycle. Oh my god, it is so Amsterdam. aggressive here. Like, been thinking about the idea of renting a bicycle, but I'd probably die. Mm-hmm. So they not take worth it very it. seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just walk. It's fine. Yeah, just rent some rollerblades. No, I died doing that too. <laughs> Can you have died on rollerblades once? <laughs> I've almost died all? on anything in wheels. Yeah. Car, rollerblades, bicycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be trusted. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All Great. right. Well, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for medieval animal trials? Yes. Well, you know, we covered this... F- fairly thoroughly what was one of our boston live shows we covered this kind of oh yeah Um, i think puritan Puritan crimes crimes. yeah Mm -hmm. puritan Mm -hmm. crimes we went into the animal trials so i tried not to repeat too much of that information um because we've already been there Um, totally so this is gonna be a little this is just gonna i'm gonna go off track just a little bit but it's still really interesting and kind of fucked up so On track in that sense. So animal trials, that is the criminal trial of a non-human animal, were recorded in Europe between the 13th and 18th centuries. So for like a long time, like too long. Yeah, that's like a really big span of human existence. (laughs) Like get a grip. I can't. (laughs) 
<laughs> Trump is bringing them back. Don't worry. Oh, oh my we'll God. get to it. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. The, oh the my earliest God. record of a trial like this was the execution of a pig near Paris mm-hmm. in 1266. Mm. Long the ass French time. were really into this. Yeah. Yeah, the French mm-hmm. are vin- vindictive and... Anyway, so there's no word on that particular pig's crime, but other crimes that were prosecuted ranged from criminal damage of property to murder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Animals were tried both in secular courts and ecclesiastical courts. So for matters, look at you. I know (laughs) I can I can say ecclesiastical, but not episcopal, 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 Worcestershire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Episcopal sounds like some sort of like medical procedure where yeah. they put a tube down your throat and like check your lungs. I had to have a colonoscopy and an episcopal yesterday. It was rough. <laughs> they went into both ends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on a spit. <laughs> like a pig. Oh, God. Oh, my word. No. It all circles back. Anyway. Oh, my God. Okay, so these ecclesiastical courts uh, were for matters pertaining to religious beliefs. And of fun they fact, were. the ecclesiastical courts at the time were more like modern courts that we have today in that they utilized lawyers and defendants. Like the defendants mm-hmm. had an opportunity to defend themselves. Oh, wow. we'll get to it. Amazing. <laughs> witnesses were used in both types of courts, sometimes serving uh-huh. as character witnesses for the animals. I love that. This is my dream this- is to be an animal's character witness. <laughs> this pig was a very good pig. Mm-hmm. We'll get to some of the exact quotes of the character witnesses. It's kind of amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. Punishments varied as well from the animal being exiled, executed, exercised, or simply excommunicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Triple X. Yeah. So the excommunication the excommunication was because, you know, most communities at this time were very highly religious, uh, Christian religious. Sure. So uh, they couldn't just outright, like, kill a bunch of weevils for destroying their entire crops. They had to excommunicate them first and then kill them. Mm-hmm. Mm, to so, be like, we're I, giving you an opportunity to leave, and if you don't comply, yeah. then well, we kill you. The excommunication was to, like, strip them of their, uh, of, like, God's, you know, place oh, for them. I got that and exile mixed Their godliness. Up. Yeah, so they were excommunicated in order to, like, separate them from God's, you know, holy kingdom, and then they were executed. Sure, 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 sure. confuses me because presumably you wouldn't have to excommunicate, you know, your cow that you were going to, like, choose to slaughter to feed the village. Right. You know? Well, we'll get to a little bit more of the religious uh, ramifications here in a minute, so it might make more sense. Mm-hmm. Also, I just I forgot to point out at the top that this episode comes out on Thanksgiving. No. Oh my God. <laughs> which I works had... really well with the pardoning of the turkey. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. I had not done the math on when this comes yeah. out. <laughs> I just looked at the calendar and I was like, oh, that was my thought process That's for scheduling. Hysterical. I'm going to have day. to excommunicate and then exercise my turkey before mm-hmm. we kill yeah. it and cook it. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way. It's the only responsible way, honestly. Do yeah. you kill your own turkey? No. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> I was going to be like, what are you doing down there in Iowa? It's already Why dead in Iowa the freezer. Why does have a grocery store for you to just buy a turkey <laughs> yeah. at? You need I'm to move. Didn't you know I live on a fully functioning farm? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so the animals that were commonly tried were almost always either domesticated farm animals, pigs, hello, horses, goats, cows, etc., or pests like rats and insects like weevils, like we were saying, destroy Mm -hmm. all your crops, whatever. And wobble, but don't fall down. Mm -hmm. True. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear weevils, I think of weebles. Were those the just toy. like the bowling pin things? Yeah, they're like the weird little bowling pin toys. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. It's like my exact body type is a weeble. <laughs> Roll bottom heavy. But you have a fantastic Pear, waist. apple, weeble. Thank you. Weeble. Weeble. Oh, <laughs> no. Me. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so animals who were accused of being witches' familiars could also be punished, or animals who were found to be complicit in acts of bestiality. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked before, Amanda shared the story about the rooster who was put on trial for laying an egg, which was clearly the work Mm -hmm. of the devil. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or Kenyon Mm -hmm. shared the story of that little monkey who survived the shipwreck only to be accused by the English of being a small Frenchman and hanged. Uh, Those were both me, and we will be expanding on the French monkey man. Oh, I was going to say, I barely remember this monkey case. How drunk was I? Don't you worry. (laughs) I have more where that came from. I was trying to share the credit around the table, but apparently that didn't work. I covered the bestiality act. Yeah, Kenya in Puritan times. Kenya was responsible for an entire slideshow of donkey anus and turkey anus, various various animal anuses. Animal anus. I that was maybe my best work. It was really good. (laughs) Is plural anus ani? Let's say it is. Ain't no way to know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, I thought this was funny. Humans have been put on trial after being accused of being a werewolf. So that's like halfway applicable to an animal being on trial. Um, A lot of reasoning behind holding animals criminally accountable for their quote-unquote crimes was the concept of animals having moral agency. And here's a Mm. quote from a 2013 Slate article. Quote, The dominant explanation from legal scholars and historians is that in a society of people who believed deeply in a divinely determined order of being with humans at the top, any disruption of God's hierarchy had to be visibly restored with a formal event. So like Mm. the trial, the execution, whatever. Mm. Another hypothesis is that animal trials may have provided authorities an opportunity to intimidate the owners of animals, especially pigs, who ran Mm -hmm. roughshod through the commons. Oh, my God. Hard same. mm. (laughs) Amanda's running roughshod (laughs) through Amsterdam. (laughs) Through Amsterdam. (laughs) That's only slightly exaggerating. Dodging bikes, eating space cakes. (laughs) It's so good. Um, A sow hanging from the gallows was, in essence, a public service announcement saying, control your pigs or they'll die sooner than you hoped. Sure. Oh, okay. Because they were worth a lot, too. I mean, you had to raise them until they could be essentially 
used to feed your family or sold to, like, the meat market. And, oh, yeah, they were super valuable. It's, like, the only right. thing a lot of people could invest in. Mm-hmm. Well, and another factor that kind of plays into all of this is just the sheer amount of time and energy and care that humans had and spent with their animals. Like, sure. I read something that was, like, f- farmers during this time spent up to, like, 16 hours a day just exclusively with their animals, which makes sense, A, for their value, and also, B, for the reason why people thought that animals had moral agency and personalities and could like disobey is because uh-huh. they were with their animals so much and i do i think that animals really do have personalities so it mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. it was not like it is today where we do, most people don't interact with pigs uh-huh. very often except at the state fair right oh and then you pick the also little it also explains why so many people caught feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like felt like deeply offended if a pig, you know, ate their apples or their neighbor's pig or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like yelling at the mom for their kid, like punching your kid. Right. But they're sure. but they're pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so animals' personal circumstances were also brought into consideration during these trials. <laughs> For example, when two herds of swine killed a boy in 1379, one herd was sentenced to death for instigating the attack, while the other was sentenced to death, quote, because their evident cries of enthrallment during the melee were said to confirm their expressed approval of it, whether they were directly <laughs> responsible or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, good, good trial. They just killed all the swine. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, A sow hanged in 1567 was convicted not only for assaulting a four-month-old girl, but for doing so with extra cruelty. (laughs) She was a real bitch about it. Above and beyond. Yeah. Piglets who were involved in another attack of a child were exonerated because the judge ruled that they couldn't possibly have been raised right by their rogue mother. We'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Kenyon, this one's for you. A man and his lady donkey ended up in court on bestiality charges, and while the man was sentenced to death, the donkey, quote, was exonerated because the townspeople submitted a document to the court noting that the animal was, quote, in word and deed and in all her habits of life, a most honest creature. Oh, Oh. she was chaste. Yeah. (laughs) She was otherwise chaste. Yeah. Poor sweet thing. And... It should be noted here that as far as I could tell, these character examinations were ex- exclusive to domesticated animals and not wild animals that could have been, you know, put on trial because the courts generally agreed that such animals have been living around humans for a while and should know the difference between wh- right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But I'm I'm confused because uh, back to the excommunication bit. Because isn't it the teaching of the Catholic Church that, like, animals don't have souls and therefore can't go to heaven or hell? Right. So uh, I don't get it. Well, I don't think they really cared about where they were going in the afterlife. It was just, it was just part of the hierarchy. Also, yeah. the Catholic Church tends to change its rules every now and then. So mm-hmm. true. So yeah. I don't know was what a while the ago. Catholic rules were back then. Right. True. Good point. Like, I was talking to somebody recently um, that the Catholic Church, like, 
just a few years ago, the Pope was like, mm, we're not going to do that whole thing where babies who die before they're baptized all automatically go to purgatory. Uh, yeah. just, oh, we're just done it's with that. It's about time. That's over. Yeah. Like, of all the grief that parents have right. withstood, like their yeah. child dying twice over, you're just like, mm, we're not doing that anymore. Hundreds right. of years. And then, like, what happens to all those souls that have been waiting around in purgatory? Are they suddenly Ugh. released? Yeah, I didn't see any paperwork about it, but, you know. If we're treating these purgatory souls the same way we're treating, like, young young black men in jail for petty marijuana crimes, <laughs> I think they're still in purgatory. <laughs> God. Just okay. saying. Good Ugh. comparison. Just saying. Well, I mean, marijuana's not illegal in a lot of places anymore, but a lot of those people are still in jail. I mean, there's harsh, stark, modern reality, and then there's Catholicism, so. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so here was my random derailment off of of the topic. A book published in 2006 titled The Trial, 4,000 Years of Courtroom Drama, which sounds real dry. Law and Order Swine (laughs) VU. <laughs> Detective Pig Livia Benson <laughs> and Elliot Stables. <laughs> All right. So, written by Sadakat Kadri, demonstrates that the animal trials were part of a broader phenomenon that saw corpses and inanimate objects face prosecution. Love it. Yeah. I have so many knickknacks in my home that I want to put on trial. Oh, Pelvis has definitely seen his fair share. Pelvis should Ever. probably be brought to the gallows, but I love mm-hmm. him too much. Mm-hmm. Pelvis Every- Nestle. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Every so here's time a quick- I stub my toe on something. Can I oh, prosecute yeah, it? Oh, yeah, that should go, that coffee table. Like, mm-hmm. literally, yes. And here I'll oh, explain it. wow. Here's a quick quote from <laughs> Atlas Obscura on that. And this is uh, referring to a boxer in ancient Greece who was quite popular at the time. I think this was the first kind of recorded report of something like this happening. But they also kind of recorded it in such a nonchalant way that it leads scholars to believe that this was not the first instance of this. <laughs> Incredible. Okay. Um, okay, so the boxer's name was Theogonies. We're going to go with that. After Theogonies' death, a statue of the man was erected, and according to um, the, this report, one of those rivals, um, one of his rivals during life, would visit the bronze figure each night and flog it as a sort of impotent <sighs> posthumous revenge. Great. E- even though the statue did not live, one night it seemingly fought back by falling on the rival and killing him. The sons <laughs> of the rival then prosecuted the statue itself for killing their father. It was, yeah. it was the view of the ancient Greek courts that any murder needed to be punished, even if it was carried out by a non-living object. And so the sons won. Given that the, they, they could not punish a statue, they simply gave it back to the gods by tossing it into the sea. Justice achieved. I want to go I back to be, this practice. Yeah, I'd be willing to prosecute in a court of law all the Confederate statues and then yep. toss it them into the sea. Mm-hmm. 
I'd also be willing to prosecute every cracked sidewalk I've ever tripped on and embarrassed (laughs) myself in doing so. Okay, so I have another I have another paragraph about this whole thing. Um, Quote, the practice survived in the creation of deodorant law, which I'm just going to say deodorant law because I don't really know how to pronounce that. Here for it. Deodorant law in Europe starting around the 11th century. A deodorant was a piece of property (laughs) that that had to be given over to the crown and thereby to God because it had Mm -hmm. caused someone's death. When items could be, when items would be declared forfeit to God and country, it was more often their value in monetary compensation that was handed over rather than the actual offending object. The government was then intended to put the items or money to pious uses, although this was almost never the case. So Mm -hmm. a deodorant could be anything from an errant (laughs) cartwheel to a falling tree to a piece of livestock. So like. All right. Yeah. Crack sidewalk. It's just Mm -hmm. bananas. Okay. So back to. But but basically you are. In a way, you're prosecuting the owner if they have to give up the value right. that is equivalent to that thing. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, essentially. But I think yeah. the, Unless the it's purpose- like a monument that was erected by the city or the state. And then it's like, OK, I guess we'll just toss it in the ocean. The, purpo- make- the right. purpose was Good. to punish something for mm-hmm. a death. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, puni- the punishment of the owner of that object was like a byproduct but it wasn't mm. necessarily what they were setting out to do. They just needed to punish something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe it was because, like, if you were holding the owner directly accountable for a murder, then they would have to be, like, put to death. But that seemed too harsh for someone who, like, the tree in their yard fell over and hurt someone through no fault mm. of their own. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, I'm waxing philosophical on this. I'm a lot of a lot of first year law classes are just flooding back to me right now. Okay. Oh, great. Well, I feel like we have harsher laws now, like civil lawsuits. If your mail man, mail carrier slips on your steps, they mm-hmm. can sue you, which is mm-hmm. kind of the yeah. same thing. Right. Ugh. All right. So back to the animals. A pretty damn recent example of animals in court is the case of Naruto the monkey. And you yes. may remember Naruto as the defendant in the great monkey selfie copyright dispute of 2014. <laughs> I, I may remember, now. but I do not. There are uh. photos on the drive. It might jog your memory. In 2011, Incredible. a British nature photographer named David Slater was taking photos of the critically endangered celebus crested macaques in Indonesia. I, I do mm-hmm. remember this case, When one yes. of the monkeys... <laughs> One of the monkeys became fascinated by her reflection in the camera lens and began snapping selfies. I yes, guess queen. when he when the photographer was like turned away or like not looking, because um, mm. she apparently snapped hundreds of selfies. <laughs> She's Good vain. For her. She was feeling herself, yeah. and she should. She's got an interesting face. (laughs) Several publications ran a story about Slater and included the photos. And yes, there is a classic smiling, like, face-only selfie and also Mm -hmm. a full-body, like, outfit-of-the-day style selfie. A Stasi selfie. A Stasi selfie. 
So PETA, of course, got pissed off that Slater stole this monkey's selfies and sued on behalf of Naruto. They sued this nature photographer, which, by the way, ended in, like, his complete financial ruin. Oh, Oh, good. Yeah. It's his camera and every, like, I don't, okay. Yeah, but he sold images of a monkey that the monkey took herself. That was, that's what they were arguing. Um, So trials and appeals ensued and, like, years of this legal bullshit happened. And in the end, in April 2018, the appeals court finally determined that animals cannot legally hold copyright and expressed concern that PETA's primary motive in this case was to promote their own interests and not to protect the legal rights of animals. Yeah, Yeah. that seems like a really big waste of resources when there are other atrocities being committed against animals. That need a that, lot more immediate yeah. attention than that. Yeah. I exactly. want to I want to support PETA, but I just can't. They're just for the most part like super extra. There's yeah. a lot going on there. A lot to unpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's both the past and current state of affairs when it comes to animal legal rights in the courtroom, and I'm sure we'll see many more strange cases in the future since apparently they're still happening. Yes, Love send it. them our way, always. Yeah. And for, like, a more detailed uh, dive into the background and history of this, just go listen to our Puritan Crimes episode. So mm-hmm. good. I'm very well proud done. of my case. All yeah, right. it was amazing. Well right. done. Quick word from our sponsors. Yes, please. Unopened emails, crowded commutes, and worries flooding your mind at night. We all experience anxiety. I myself had a terrible week last week, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I got through it, and we're here. And you know what helped me? Talkspace. Talkspace Online Therapy makes it easier than ever for you to take care of yourself. Simply communicate your preferences for therapy from the privacy of your device. So easy. Mm -hmm. Talkspace will match you with one of their 5,000-plus therapists. And once matched, you can begin messaging your therapist the very same day. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is huge. I've been using Talkspace for like two plus years now, and it's awesome because they have therapists that are specialized in all kinds of things that you might need. So like Lucy mentioned, anxiety, hi, depression, hi, those are my things. Mm -hmm. That's my brand. (laughs) Um, I've also, you know, I have health insurance, but I still choose to use Talkspace because it's way more affordable. You get like any time access per month to your one-on-one therapist for quite literally the same price or often less than a single like hour-long session with an in-person therapist. It's unbelievable. And it's it's super secure. Like I know that my app is not going to leak my information and I can text and call and video call all through the app. So it's not like you're even exchanging personal information, which is super nice. And it's completely private. Like honestly, it gives you all of the same things that in-person therapy give you, but it's way more convenient and way less expensive. It's like the millennial way of therapy. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. We all need help navigating life's ups and downs, and Talkspace offers the support you need at an affordable price. So our listeners can get $100 off their first month by using our promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at Talkspace.com. Match with a therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy at Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use that code GALS to get $100 off your first month. That is Talkspace.com. 
Talkspace.com promo code GALS. Treat yo brain. Treat it. Don't you just love it when you discover companies that make life just a little bit easier? Because I do. Mm-hmm. And one that I learned about recently is called Simple Health, and it is a total game changer for people's health. If you are on birth control, looking to get back on, or just want to try it for the first time, then you know how difficult, annoying, and honestly confusing that process can be. Yeah. Yeah. From figuring out which method you want to dealing with refills at the pharmacy. I hate that. Or remembering to redo your prescription. I also hate that. It's really Mm -hmm. anything but simple. So enter Simple Health. They are changing all of that with online birth control prescriptions and free home delivery. No pants required, people. Mm-hmm. Love. Yeah, and this makes birth control accessible, convenient, and affordable for all people who take birth control. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here's how it works. Go to simplehealth.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, and fill out an online health profile with your medical history, conditions, and birth control preferences. And whether you already know the exact brand of birth control that you want or you need something maybe to skip periods, to manage acne, hello. Hi. (laughs) uh, Simple Health has got you covered. A licensed doctor will review your information, determine if you're a good candidate for birth control, and write you a prescription for the right method, whether that's the pill, patch, or ring. Try them all. Then Mm -hmm. your birth control ships to your door for free. On a recurring schedule, so you never have to worry about forgetting a refill or missing a pill again. Ugh. Ugh. I love that. Love it. Simple Health is designed by doctors, and every patient is carefully reviewed by a doctor, so they're bringing the doctor's office to you, meaning you can skip the hassle of appointments and pharmacy lines, but still get the quality care that you deserve. Plus, their doctors and customer care team are just a message away. So whether you have general questions, you need your prescription changed, or uh, need assistance with cost for that prescription, they are committed Mm -hmm. to finding the right fit for you. As you guys know, I live abroad. I travel a lot. I'm all over the place. I... Remembering to get my prescription refilled every you know, month or getting mm-hmm. my prescription renewed every six months is such a nightmare. And I mm-hmm. always forget. And I'm always like scrambling right before a trip, like, oh, I got to get my prescription. And Simple Health just takes all of that stress away. And just like tears down so many barriers that a lot of people have to accessing this kind of health care. Mm-hmm. We just, we love this. But don't take it just from us. Simple Health has already been rated by five stars Rated five stars. That's huge. That's literally out of five stars by hundreds (laughs) of people that are using this service. Best of all, Simple Health is free with most insurance plans, so you can pay absolutely nothing to use this service every month. And for those without insurance, don't sweat it. It's still super affordable. Pills start at just 15 bucks a month, and monthly shipping is free for everyone. Honestly, that's less than a lot of co-pays that I've had to pay. Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, that is less than what I pay with insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the annual prescription is usually $20, but our listeners can try Simple Health 
for free. Just go to simplehealth.com forward slash gals or enter the code gals, G-A-L-S, at checkout. And we want to mention that this is not a replacement for routine checkups with your doctor. That's obviously incredibly important and you still Mm -hmm. need those for your overall health. But this is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. So try a better way to get birth control with Simple Health by going to simplehealth.com forward slash gals or just enter that promo code gals, G-A-L-S, at checkout. Give it a try and thank us later. Treat your reproductive freedom. Trade it. So this case was uh, selected by the fan picker, Laura, and I am so thankful that it was brought to my attention. Um, Phenomenal. Because I am a big fan. And also, I have been binge-watching season three of The Crown, and so I am now going to attempt my best... Queen Elizabeth II accent oh, for this no. case. Oh, no. I am, am going to need more space cake <laughs> so I can melt into the couch and pretend none of this is happening. You just start hallucinating that Kenyon is Queen Elizabeth. No, I can't handle that kind of fear in my current state. I cannot. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Oh, no. Okay. The year was 1508. In Autun, France, a city about 200 miles south of Paris in the heart of Burgundy. Oh, great. How many pages are your notes? I can't wait. France. (laughs) Autun is an ancient city founded during the reign of the first Roman emperor, Augustus, and originally called Augustunum. Augustus Goop! (laughs) Finish the cake! (laughs) Augustus Gloopum. In the early Middle Ages... No, this is going to take 18 years to get through with this accent. In the early Middle Ages. <laughs> Thank you. The accent is one thing. The cadence is another. <laughs> they have to go hand in hand. Became famous for its schools of rhetoric. Okay. Oh, we get it. But in the year we're we're concerned with, Otah had a problem much more concrete than inconsiderate podcast (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts or the problem of how best to express oneself with the spoken word. The city was infested with rats. Classic. Classic Classic France, am I right? (laughs) 90% rats. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, in the summer, just urine. Um, Okay. Understandably, rats at the time would have had quite a bad reputation in France for their role in spreading the Black Death or bubonic plague a couple hundred years prior. Yeah, that's a PR nightmare. That's hard to come back from. Rats. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, the black rats, the brown rats, go brown rat. I don't think they had made that distinction yet back yeah. then. So just kind of all the rats were lumped together. And actually the lumping together of rats is the problem in this case. But we will get uh-huh. to it. Gross. What if they were dark brown? What if it was a hybrid? What if it was a brown rat that was really dirty and it looked black? There it is. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but interestingly, in this case, the rats were not accused of spreading disease, but rather of eating their way through the city's food supply, namely barley. Mm, yep. The local farmers were fed up with their crops being destroyed and demanded that something be done about it before the rats caused a famine. Got it. And so something was done about it. An official citation was issued ordering the rats to appear before le tribunal... Okay, I have to say it the right way. Le tribunal ecclesiastique d'Autun to face charges of destroying the city's barley crops and a date was, for their trial was set. But how was this information conveyed to the rats, you might ask? Mm. Well, a television broadcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Podcasts. <laughs> well, according to one source, quote, proclamations were made at several crossroads. No, just like people standing <laughs> on the corner. Just a town crier. <laughs> several major intersections. I want to see someone like dressed as the town crier standing Mm. at like the target at Highway 7 and 101 (laughs) screaming at rats. Screaming at rats. (laughs) Yeah. Really, they should just go to the Taco Bell. But yes. For real. Um, Notifying the defendants of the day and time that they were expected to appear before the tribunal. (laughs) I love this so much. Uh, Do rats speak French? French rats do. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> and some Canadian rats, but it's really political. Oh, God. Oh, the francophone. <laughs> um, historical information about this case is patchy, obviously, but it's safe to assume that the trial was most likely held in the still famous Autun Cathedral, which is currently a national monument in France. And probably would have been presided over by several judges as well as a bishop. Gotta have a bishop. Gotta have a bishop. If convicted, the rats were facing the penalty of being officially excommunicated by the church, Uh which may sound silly, but like Lucy said, uh, was not uncommon at the time for vermin to be excommunicated. And like Lucy said, scholars believe this was done to ease any guilt that an extremely religious population might feel about exterminating one of God's creatures. Uh-huh. The thinking went, if convicted, the rats would be officially declared not God's creatures, which is like a bit harsh, but I guess there's none of Christ's forgiveness for hungry rats. Mm-mm. I guess not. And then the farmers could kill them to defend the crops without worrying that they were going against God's plan because these were really fun times and people had a lot of hobbies and free time. Um, (laughs) Thank God that Netflix was in God's plan. Because seriously. Oh my God, bravo. I can't. Yeah, the housewives were all part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all leading up to this. Um, This also wasn't the first such animal trials case in the city of Autun. A group of naughty slugs had also stood trial. No. They were immediately assaulted. (laughs) Well, yes. Um, They had been excommunicated in 1480 for ruining the church grounds. (laughs) So, yes, they were probably assaulted and destroyed. No. You can't feel bad about them. They're not one of God's creatures anymore. Oh, right. Okay. We're fine then. 
Uh, on deck to defend the rats was a local lawyer and one of the town's most famed rhetoricians, a man named Barthélemy de Chassenet. Mm. But on the day of the trial, the rats shockingly didn't show. Rude. The prosecutor argued that they would be sentenced in absentia. The defense, Chassanet, <laughs> however, was prepared for this eventuality, and he had a plan. Mm. He stated that the rats could not have been expected to turn up for the trial, not because of their furry, illiterate dispositions, <laughs> but for a much more logical a furry reason. disposition. I have a furry, illiterate disposition. I mean, in fairness, it was the Middle Ages. Everyone had a furry, illiterate disposition. Yeah. Some had a muddy, illiterate disposition. But everyone reeked, that is for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people had tails, little known fact. What? Um, Love that. Not true. Made that up. It was a joke. I got excited. Uh, My cousin has one, so... Currently? It's just a little nub. Yeah. Oh, did can you, you wiggle it? You- she cannot, but you can feel it. Oh, how old is Family she? Family Christmas is exciting. She's about my age. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, have you guys you seen that photo, that photo of the puppy that was born with a little yes. tiny tail Narwhal. in his forehead? No. I love Narwhal. Uh, is a tail in his little- forehead? Yes. yes. He has a little, like, bir- like little birth defect where the he was just fuck? born with a with an extra little sweet little tail on his forehead and they named him Narwhal and no it cannot wag it is completely harmless and just kind of sits there like a like a little unicorn All horn right, I'm googling it Narwhal it's dog Narwhal the puppy it's really cute oh my so god cute. so cute no thank you Whatever. <laughs> if it were a cat, you'd love it. I know. Same exact I was thing. Say, well, but a cat against it is that it was born a dog, so Lucy's <laughs> already out. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, would you rather have a dick hanging off the front of your face or like <laughs> testicles under your chin? How dare you? I love narwhal. Same Moving thing. on. Basically the same thing. Okay. So Chassanet is like, it's not because they're rats and it's not because they're illiterate, but it's because of the summons that was put out, that the town crier at the various crossroads was an invalid form of summons. Stop. <laughs> He's you not summoned wrong. them incorrectly. <laughs> yep. Rats, he argued, were not pack animals. They actually tended to live alone. Therefore, the court could not issue a single summons to the rats writ large. No. He's absolutely right. If they (laughs) wanted his clients to appear, they must issue a separate summons to each individual rat. (laughs) I need this person to represent (laughs) me in court. This is our new entertainment lawyer. Julian's out. Chassanet's in. <laughs> they have to yeah, knock. Julian, on, I hope you're taking notes. They have to knock on their little holes and be like, and like throw in a tiny envelope. <laughs> like you've been served. <laughs> oh my god! They have to send someone in disguise to serve each as, individual as rat. a rat, as a as a rat pizza man, <laughs> or <laughs> Mr. Jacobson. <laughs> yes, you've been no. served. Yes. So the judges decided that Chassanet had made a convincing point and summons were. 
were issued for individual rats. Wait. Were they tiny summons? I was just going to ask if they were made to scale and then how many were penned. So I have some quibbles with their adapted method because they claimed that they issued individual summons, but actually they issued a summons addressed to like individual rats. Like it was, they just changed the wording basically. And then they posted it in the town cathedral because any... That's worse because then it's just written. Yeah. At least the rats could hear the town crier (laughs) summoning them, potentially. There's no way the, the rats aren't illiterate. This is... Yeah, but they definitely attend church, so... Yes, of course. The change in venue was also helpful. Mm. Yeah. On the day of the second court date, the rats once again failed to appear, which I know you are shocked. (laughs) And they were subsequently declared to be in contempt of court. (laughs) But again, Chassonet was ready to defend his clients. Classic Chassonet. The roads that his clients would have had to take to get to the cathedral from their various residences were, he argued, fraught with danger. Mm. They would have had to risk death, life, and limb at the hands of cats, dogs, and hostile humans. Life and paw. Life and paw. And and pigs. And pigs. Yeah. Yeah. It was simply unreasonable, Chassonet claimed, that his clients be expected to put their lives on the line in order to appear at their own trial. Real talk. He must have convinced the judges again because (sighs) although there is no official record of the final ruling of this case, most legal historians agree that the rats were acquitted. (laughs) (laughs) This is way more intense than the OJ trial. But there was a tiny Way white more. bronco involved. There was. And an acquittal. So and a tiny good. glove. Tiny <laughs> glove. That did not fit. <laughs> nope. And here we have another important lesson. Never underestimate the power of a good attorney. Mm-hmm. And although this entire case is often considered just a weird historical side note, it actually had really significant influence on a much more high-stakes trial a few, like, a few decades later. Mm-hmm. So, Barthélemy de Chassonet went on to a very successful legal career, obviously, because he's brilliant, yeah. and eventually became president of the Parliament of Provence, which is essentially like being a chief justice of a court. Badass. Um, so, in 1540... So the original case happened in 1508. Now it's 1540. A group of Waldensian Christians were charged with heresy and ordered to appear before the court. Okay. For context, the Waldensians were a Christian sect founded by a wealthy merchant named Peter Waldo. Wait a minute. (laughs) Did he wear red and white knit hat with a pom-pom on it. One can only imagine. Uh, as was the tradition of the time. Of wealthy merch, of wealthy Waldensians <laughs> in Provence at the time. 
So in the 1170s, uh, this sect was founded by Peter Waldo, who'd had a revelation that wealth was a source of evil. And so he gave Mm. away all of his possessions and began preaching that voluntary poverty was the path to perfection, which Uh. like... Nah, thanks. Yeah. He also can't be the first person to preach that. That's like a that's like a staple of the Christian church. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like there were a shit ton of monks before him. Right. Mm-hmm. Doing the same thing. But here we are. So his follow his followers also held a number of other beliefs considered heretical to the Catholic Church, including that, quote, holy water was no more efficacious than rainwater. <gasps> that is a low dig. Mm-hmm. And, quote, that prayer was just as effectual if ordered in a church or a barn. Ooh. Oh, no. He's mm-hmm. a questioner. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Lucy's feeling Waldo. Yeah. Yeah, except for the poverty thing. Yeah. Um, he also uh, believed that anyone, including women, should be allowed to preach. That's so, where I draw the line. Very ahead of his time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Sign just, me out. Just disgusting. How dare he? Ugh. Um, they even, the Sowaldensians even supposedly referred to the Catholic Church as, quote, the harlot of the apocalypse. <laughs> Incredible. That's my new drag name. <laughs> and to the Pope <laughs> Debs and to the Pope himself as quote the Antichrist of Rome. Damn, Walter. That's a little extra, but okay. Which like I tell me you how you really feel. Yeah, yeah. Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. <laughs> Waldo is not holding back. <laughs> so as such, the Waldensians were really popular with the Catholic Church. Um <laughs> No, actually, they had a long history of being persecuted. Uh, so in the 1540 trial presided over by Judge Chassanet, because now mm-hmm. he's risen up to judge. Glow up. The, ac- the, <laughs> the accused Waldensians fearing for their lives did not show up for their trial date. The prosecution argued that they should be convicted of heresy in absentia and that their mm-hmm. village should be destroyed. But the defense lawyer then made an impassioned plea for the rights of the Waldensians, brilliantly appealing to Chassanet by using the man's earlier 1508 defense of the rats as legal precedent. With their tiny, tiny summons. Yep. So according to a record of the trial, the lawyer said to Chassanet, quote, you have obtained great fame and honor for the upright declaration of the matter and form how judges ought gravely to proceed in criminal cases. So he's starting with, you know, he's buttering him up. Mm-hmm. Then, my Lord President, you who have taught others, will you not also learn by your own books? Which, which will manifestly condemn you if you proceed any further to the destruction of these poor men? For are they not Christian men? And ought you not as well to minister right and justice unto them as you have done to the rats? 
Mm, yeah, you can't really go out of your way to bring justice to rats and then not do that for human beings. Right? Yeah. I love that he used his own argument against him. Like, what brilliant. a fucking brilliant Better Call Saul move of this guy to yeah. be like, well, 30 years ago, you mm-hmm. defended the rats because they couldn't safely get to their trial. And imagine how much harder it would be to dig up dirt from a trial from 30 years ago in, like, the medieval 1540. times. 1540. Yeah. yeah. When there was, like, barely a printing press, if that. Right. <laughs> yeah. No Google. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, if even rats, the lawyer argued, were entitled to the right of safe passage to their own trial and to the uh-huh. right of not being convicted of a crime they were not present to defend themselves against, so not being convicted in absentia, then surely these humans were as well. Uh-huh. Chassonet was impressed by how eloquently and cleverly <laughs> this lawyer had used <laughs> the, the rat gets you everywhere with everywhere Chassonet. with Chassonet. <laughs> Ch- yes, Chassonet. Chassonet, you stay. Chassonet, you slay. Um, <laughs> so, was impressed by this lawyer's use of the rat trial as precedent, and he ruled that the Waldensians should not be convicted in absentia. So, literally, Duh. the rat trial saved like all these people's lives. I love this. Go brown rat. Yeah. Sadly, however, this respite for the Waldensians was short-lived. Of course. It's It's, not a Kenyan case if it doesn't end in a slaughter of some kind. (laughs) Literally, literally ends in a slaughter. Um, Chassonet's successor as president, so... Chassonet, old Bart, as I call him, died the following year in 1541. Old Bart. Old Bart. Um, And so he died, and then his successor ordered the village destroyed in 1545, which kicked off a larger anti Waldensian movement in France that would ultimately result in the massacre of an estimated 2,000 members of the sect. My God. That's rough. Rough stuff. So a bunch of rats lived and 2,000 people died. Well, the rats didn't have a vow of poverty, so they could hire a good lawyer. Mm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, The Catholic Church did not acknowledge this injustice against the Waldensians until 2015 when Pope Francis, quote, asked Waldensian Christians for forgiveness for their persecution and apologized for the church's unchristian and even inhumane positions and action. I'm curious to know how many Waldensian Christians still existed in 2015. Right. But you never know. And if we could even find them. Mm-hmm. You have to issue individual summons mm-hmm. at the crossroads. So, ridiculous as it may seem to put a city's entire rat population on trial, the seriousness with which Chassonet approached his duties as defense lawyer does bring up some super interesting questions about who deserves fair treatment by law, if people can be convinced that even rats deserve justice, maybe they'd be more likely to give it to people as well. Or maybe they would just massacre them. Right. <laughs> were the were the Waldensians excommunicated and then massacred? I 
would guess so, yes. But it was five years after the original trial in question. So there may have been like a new case put before the court. Sure. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Nice job. Mm. So great. Thank you so much. I'm loving this episode. Let's take a quick sponsor break and then dive back in. Stylish. Comfortable. Work (laughs) attire. You shouldn't have to pick just two. And with Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants, you don't have to anymore. Thank God. (laughs) This is a must-have for busy people. No more distractions from uncomfortable clothing, seriously. Mm -hmm. You deserve stylish work pants that don't skimp on comfort. And Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are super comfy, perfectly stretchy, and they stay wrinkle-free. I do not travel without these pants. You can Mm -hmm. roll them in a ball and shove them in your purse, and they do not wrinkle. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And plus, they make getting dressed and packing for travel an absolute breeze. Like, I just have this pair and I can use them with every outfit. It's incredible. And whatever your style, Beta Brand has the pants to match. So you can get boot cut, straight leg, skinny, high, cropped, high, Mm -hmm. six button, how cute. cute. And wide leg, which is making a massive comeback in the fashion scene. Sure You can choose from dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles, including a pair with eight pockets. It's like the Swiss army knife of pants. (laughs) It's incredible. I know. And not only has Beta Brand revolutionized office wear, but now they offer premium denim. (gasps) Denim? With the same denim. You did I, did I stutter denim? (laughs) With the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. I can't. Y'all, I'm, I'm gonna get rid of all my other pants at this point. I, I hate pants and I love Beta Brand pants. I know. I seriously, I, I, work from home so I pretty much wear leggings all the time but I will wear beta band pants like around the house I'll wear them on the airplane I have worn them uh, as my outfit for a live show in front of hundreds of audience members because they are transatlantic flights Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are so comfy and so stylish still. Like, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Uh, I have a skinny pair that's in, like, a heather checked gray pattern. They're so cute. They're I really, love them. like, unique looking. I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. else like it in, in stores. Like, I'm obsessed with them. And uh, recently ordered a pair of the black wide leg. Hello. So I'm cute. I have so three excited. pairs of the black skinny dress pant yoga pants. It's yeah, all I wear. I have two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Obsessed. We're really into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have got to try a pair of these pants from Beta Brand. Trust us, you will love them as much as we do. And you can get 20% off at betabrand.com forward slash gals. Don't wait. See for yourself why millions of people agree that these are the most comfortable dress pants ever. Go to betabrand.com forward slash gals for 20% off. One more time. That is B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com forward slash G-A-L-S. And treat your lower half. Treat oh, treat As you guys know, true crime is our passion, but even us gals need the occasional break. So when we feel like we need a mental palate cleanser, our go-to refresher is Best Fiends. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I love this game. I know that in the last ad, they mentioned my progress. I was at level 988. I'm going to confess, I'm still at level 988 because I am 
stuck like glue <laughs> trying to solve the puzzle of this level. But it's it's amazing because I'm not like angry I want to throw my phone. Like this game challenges me, but it is super fun no matter what. I am playing this all the time. I play it to unwind before I go to bed. I play it on the airplane. I play it in the bathroom. I play it in a lot of places. <laughs> I love it. And I'm connected on Facebook, so I like play with my friends. We send each other gifts. We send each other like energy so that we can keep playing through these levels that we get stuck on and we're playing over and over again. <laughs> and I have collected so many characters. I swear I have like 40 characters at this point. I'm trying to level everybody up in a synchronized fashion. I just... I'm having so much fun with it. It's a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle games out there. And I would know this because I play a lot of games on my phone. And Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. We're currently in like the Thanksgiving event. So I'm collecting I'm collecting pumpkin pies and it's so fun and I love it so much. And yeah, it doesn't require internet to play. So it's super perfect for traveling. You can play it anywhere. And yeah, like I said, I collect all these amazing characters and each one has like a different power so you have to use them strategically to beat each level it is super fun I love it mm. I'm glad that you love it so much to be emotional about it <laughs> it brings me true joy this yeah. game oh it's wonderful so engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust us, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Giving holiday gifts is great, but overspending on all those gifts is definitely not. So why spend more than you have to? Finding the lowest price is easy if you have Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes whenever you shop online. This is like amazing online sorcery and I love it. This means you always get the best deals without even trying on over 20,000 sites such as Amazon, eBay, J.Crew, Sephora, Expedia, Target, Best Buy, and more. I am obsessed with Honey. I used it even before they were a sponsor of this show and was so excited when uh, they decided to be a sponsor of the show because then I could share my love of Honey with the world. Mm -hmm. Um it's amazing. You you just like set it and forget it, basically. It's just, it's on your computer or phone. And when you're shopping and you're buying something that you already want, suddenly you save $5, $15. Suddenly you get 20% off. And you, mm -hmm. for doing nothing extra. It's just magic. I have used it on Amazon, on J. Crew, Madewell, Sephora. Mm. I think you guys are getting a sense of my shopping habit and it's a little bit yep. embarrassing. <laughs> it's all fine. Also, I am a big online shopper for uh, holiday gifts for friends mm. and family and loved ones and recently bought a bunch of gifts for our Secret Santa that we've got yeah. going on um, via Etsy and some codes popped up from Honey. That's it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That, oh, the best. It's incredible. I tell everyone I know about Honey. And now that I've saved all this money, I can go buy some more stuff. So excuse me while yeah. I go back <laughs> onto Amazon. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I get a little rush of like dopamine every time that little animated coin pops up with the confetti and it's uh -huh. like, we found a code for you. Yeah. yeah, and then you can, it's like, real. earn points, basically, and then use them later. 
It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Honey has found it's over 10 million members, over a billion dollars in savings. So get Ooh. in the know, people, because other people are saving money and you should be too. Yeah, uh, exactly. Honey supports over 20,000 stores online, and Honey has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store, so you know it's good. It's real. If you're buying gifts this holiday season, then you need Honey. And if you're not, you probably know someone who is, so do them a solid and tell them about Honey. Honey Mm -hmm. can help make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash gals. That is joinhoney.com forward slash gals. Treat your budget. Treat it. So I was so thoroughly tickled by the things I found last time we like brushed against this topic that I took this opportunity to review, to revisit a few of the quote-unquote cases. Mm. Um, and some that I touched on in the crimes solved by animals case and some that we as a collective have just definitely talked about before. So mm-hmm. we're going to dive in. So one case that we have def touched on before involved a family of pigs. And I found some more details that I had to share. It was fall of 1457 in Chloe Savinji, France. Um, a five-year-old fell into a pig pen and was found mauled and partially eaten. Yikes. Mm. The mother sow and her litter of piglets were found spattered in the child's blood. That's so sad. I know. The town put forth a full ecclesiastical trial with all the trappings to prosecute the pig and her piglets. Specifically, there was a judge, two prosecutors, eight eyewitnesses (laughs) to the boy's fall, and a defense attorney for the pig family pigs. (laughs) Pig family pig. (laughs) (laughs) For Mrs. Pig. (laughs) Mrs. Pig. The Albert Pig, Pig. Albertina Pig. Oh my god. So the case's outcome was sealed by the eyewitnesses who placed the mother sow undeniably at the scene and with the boy at the time of death. But due to their lower stature, the piglets could not be placed conclusively as the boy's attacker as as the boy's attackers as they were below the sight line within their oh. pig pen. So oh. their eyewitnesses couldn't actually see the piglets what, attacking what the, the boy. What the piglets did, and if certain piglets had participated or others had Correct. Makes perfect Correct. sense. Correct. Mm-hmm. And their lawyer, probably Chassonet, argued that simply <laughs> because they were covered with blood did not mean that they had participated in the killing, as the mother's messy eating could have rendered them spattered. Very sound argument. This is so true. Yeah. I mean, just because I'm covered in dog food doesn't mean I was eating dog food. It means Callie was eating dog food really messily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you were eating dog food again. Or I was eating dog food. But there, there are no eyewitnesses because I live alone, so there's no way to know. <laughs> Albus goes on trial as an eyewitness. He is always watching. He never blinks. I think I've seen him blink maybe twice. Mm -hmm. So the lawyer also argued that as they were so young, the little piglets, they did not have the proper faculties to know right from wrong and may have been simply... I wonder what what the age of pig majority is. (laughs) I don't know. When can a a baby pig be tried as an adult? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, 
and that they were likely simply following the mother's bad example. The latter arguments swayed the judge, and the sucklings were acquitted. Mm. Quote, her six sucklings, although found stained with blood and included in the indictment as accomplices on account of their youth and the corrupting influence of their mother, were merely remanded into the custody of their owner. <laughs> they were wards of the state. <laughs> Go home. Take several seats. The mother Sal, however, was sentenced to death in a fairly nasty manner. She was hung by her hind legs from a gallows tree until her death, as was the custom for hangmen in the area at the time. Yikes. Just That's to, like, sad. starve to death upside down? I guess. I mean, that just seems... Or would so eventually blood rushing cruel. to the head kill kill you? I'm not sure. I mean, any of the above. Yeah, yeah. might be a combo, but that would not be a good way to go. No, that'd no. be a terrible way to die. Yeah. Roll bad. Pigs were definitely in the legal hot seat back in the day as the resident bad boys of the Renaissance. <laughs> in June 1494, authorities arrested a pig for having, quote, strangled and defaced a young child in its cradle. Jesus. The son of The son of Jehan Lafont, a cowherd on the fee farm, which I assume is just like somewhere you pay to farm. I don't know what a fee farm is. <laughs> it's like a toll, toll road. They farm um, fees. Yeah, it's a flea farm. Got it. Okay. Fleeked farm <clears throat> of Claremont and of Gillen, his wife, which mm. Gillen, that's an unfortunate name of your <laughs> witnesses stated that <laughs> China sure. witnesses stated that sure. on the morning of Easter day as the father was guarding the cattle and his wife Gillen was absent <laughs> in the village of Dizzy the infant being left alone in its cradle the said pig entered during the said time that said house and disfigured and ate said the face and neck of the said child which in consequence of the bites and defacements inflicted by the said pig departed this life. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So clearly and succinctly written. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and being being hung by the hind legs would be a terrible way to die, but so would being eaten in the face by a pig. Defaced. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Uh, the trial was completed by the 14th from the verdict, quote, we in detestation and horror of the said crime and to the end that an example may be made of justice maintained have said, judged, sentenced, pronounced, and appointed that the said porker, now detained <laughs> as a prisoner and confined in the said abbey, shall be, by the master of high works, hanged and strangled on a gibbet of wood near and adjoining to the gallows and high place of Execution. Oh, that poor porker. That poor, poor porker. <laughs> Another pig was tried in 1386 in Falaise France, also for the killing of an infant. They really like to eat babies, I guess. Well, in yeah, a strange twist, anything. however. Babies well, don't yeah, fight back. Can Fair. <laughs> they and will. They're so cute. Good enough to eat. In a strange twist, though, this pig got a little bit of extra treatment before its execution. After its last meal, the pig was put into a buttoned-up waistcoat, human gloves, and a pair of pantaloons. Oh! Then a, 
This is actually real creepy. Like, it's funny, but it's also creepy because then a mask in the likeness of a human face was placed over the pig's oh. face and it was marched to the gallows in chains and hanged. What the, the local fuck? government. Yeah. Oh. The local government paid 10 sous, 10 denus, literally any amount of money, but definitely too much to dress up a pig for fucking execution and bought the hangman a nice new pair of gloves to wear. They also bought the execution. fucking pig a new pair of gloves. This is. Yeah, yeah it's bonkers. Was it just I, to, just, like, add insult to injury to the pig? I think it, it embarrassing? I literally think that's what it was. To make a mockery of the tried animal. That is it's horrifying. Really that is the I, next yeah. Midsummer movie. Is this yeah. this is gonna be a next gen horror movie of like a pig with a human face on it marched uh-huh. to the gallows? I oh yeah, I'm here for that it. Is really I will watch that movie. Mm-hmm. It's real creepy. But enough about pigs. Let's talk weevils. <laughs> <laughs> what is the a era- weevil? It's That's like, a really good question. It's like a it's little, little beetle kind of thing. No, it's like a beetle. Okay. It's a bug. I had to Google it earlier. Oh, I thought it was like a little mammal. No, I was way off. They're the ones that uh, here. I still have my Google search open. Weevils are a type of beetle belonging to the superfamily Curicidae. They're usually oh, yeah, small, they're- less than six millimeters, <laughs> and they're herbivorous. So they're the ones that destroy the crops. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. So the era of the 16th century saw a litany of formal declarations banishing plague animals, like we talked about, so like rats, locusts. Um, But after a successful 30-year banishment, they thought, saw the return of the dreaded and damaging weevil destroying (laughs) crops in 1587, and a new trial to banish the pests was started on April 13th. A lawyer named Antoine Fufil was assigned as the Weevil's public defender. The man offered a pretty zealous defense. Let's see if it holds up to Chassinet away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He argued that his clients had been placed on earth by God, which Mm -hmm. this was an ecclesiastical trial, so this makes Mm -hmm. sense, and that God would never have put them on earth without sustenance to allow them to survive. Mm-hmm. In an unfortunate turn, the sustenance they needed was the town's crop, but that this must be God's plan for things. Mm-hmm. The prosecution pushed back, pointing out that the biblical notion that the humans in the town should have dominion over the weevils as, quote, they were intended to be subordinate to him and subservient to his use, and that this was indeed the reason for their prior creation— The best part about this incredible legal and theological catch-22 is the verdict, which was handed down an unbelievable eight months after the trial started. (laughs) They deliberated for eight fucking months about (laughs) weevils and whether their purpose was godly. Was was to eat or be driven out. Subservient to man. There's no way that it was like every day, day in, day out. How important are weevils? For dramatic effect, I'm going to assume that it truly was exactly that. I mean, what else do they have to fucking do? 16 hour days. Yeah. And they're all sequestered for eight months. So that the the media circus wouldn't catch. Um... (laughs) Back to the O.J. Simpson trial. Yeah, but anyway, so the the verdict was written down 
<laughs> was written down into court papers and logged in the court archives and then promptly eaten by rats or bugs of some sort. So weevils, it's now by completely weevils. lost. I really hope it was by weevils. <laughs> oh my god. So now the court documents are just gone. They got eaten. I feel I like it. that's an answer to the God's creation question. Mm, it just is. like, uh, nah. Bye, yeah. bitch. Bye, yeah. bitch. So discussing this epic debate in his book, The Criminal Prosecution and Capital Punishment of Animals, 1906. Oh. Uh, that, like, there are a lot of good chunks of it. I, if you can set some time aside to read this, oh, it's yeah. pretty good. I, some good quotes came up in my search, too. It's pretty yeah. priceless. E.P. Evans got all cute and remarked, quote, Perhaps the prosecuted weevils, not being satisfied with the results of the trial, sent a sharp-toothed delegation into the archives to obliterate and annul the judgment of the court. Oh, my God. Love it so much. So now we're going to circle back to the monkey. The French monkey. The French monkey. Here are some more details on the French monkey. So there is a village in England called Hartlepool, and I did not do geography because I didn't know how far down the rabbit hole I'd be going today, so I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's some miles from Peniston. And -hmm. during the Napoleonic Wars, the people of Hartlepool, including, uh, according to local lore, earned themselves the nickname, quote, monkey hangers. And the legend tells that a monkey dressed up in a French sailor's uniform as a mascot to dance for, like, ship's morale, like the crew's morale, Mm -hmm. washed ashore in Hartlepool after surviving a shipwreck. The story goes they accused the monkey of being a French spy and hung the (laughs) monkey to death after failing to torture a confession out of it and convicting it in a short trial. Were they expecting The the monkey to confess in English? I mean, that's I guess they were at least expecting some French to come out of that monkey because they thought it was a tiny Frenchman. Right, right. So the the villagers of Hartlepool had never seen a monkey before, or a Frenchman for that matter. And as it turns (laughs) out, (laughs) that the era's propaganda against Napoleon and his French army did indeed portray them as like little hairy beasts, complete with long tails and other animal features. So it's possible that they were deceived by the propaganda of the time in that context. Uh. Um, There's a famous drinking song about this incident, and I obviously do not know the melody of this song, but I have the lyrics here for you. Yes. Make up a melody. I'm just going to read it dramatically. In former (laughs) times, mid war and strife, the French invasion threatened life, and all was armed to the knife. The fishermen hung the monkey, oh. The fishermen with courage high seized on the monkey for a spy. Hang him, says Yen, says another, he'll die. They did, and they hung the monkey, oh. They tried every move to make him speak. They tortured the monkey till loud he did squeak, says Yen. That's French, says another, it's Greek. For the fishermen had gone. Drunkio. No. He's all over here, scum chapter cry. In the tesomic cute and sly. I mean, this is in like really weird old English, so I cannot read this. With a cod's head, they closed an eye, afore they hung the monkey o. Poor oh. monkey o. I know. There is, unfortunately, an alternative theory out there to explain this story. So at the time, firing cannons from ships was a multiple-person job because they had to load 
and each heavy shot, the powder, uh, batting and aiming, like, these super heavy barrels being the work of, like, several very strong men on the ship. Mm-hmm. However, one job was super easy and could be done rapidly by someone running back and forth across the gun deck with a torch, and that's just lighting the cannon fuses, like, really fast. Mm. So... Often a small, quick-footed boy, like a young boy, was employed to sprint around the deck and light the cannons that were ready to fire. And these boys became known as powder monkeys for their quick scampering movements that they're just like running back and forth. Mm. So it's possible that over like many, many, many decades, centuries of telling of retelling, this, yeah, right, of telling the story that it could be a lot sadder and that like a small boy who had been on the ship working as a, quote, powder monkey, surviving a shipwreck only to be, like, feared as a spy, tortured for a confession that he was unable to give as no one in the village spoke French. Right. You know, they had never even seen a Frenchman before. They hadn't thought that part out yet. Right. And then hung as a spy could have, like, just mutated over all these years, it's possible. Or, you know, perhaps charged deliberately as the fear-induced, like, murder of a child might not be the best PR for a small village. They were like, it was a monkey. Yeah. LOL. Or maybe a monkey was lighting off a bunch of cannons. That's what I'm saying. That's the theory I'm going with. I I don't think, while both of these theories are entirely sound, I'm choosing not to believe them because, like, hanging an although young enemy soldier would not be all that big an occurrence in a village during this time of war. Like, so many people died. It's not like they would be worried about their PR because they hung a kid that they thought was a French spy. Like, nobody would care. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Um, so I don't know. I think hanging a tiny furry like monkey though would have stuck in local lore yeah. because that's way more bonkers. So this is what we're just gonna choose to believe. And at any rate, the may the name monkey hanger has stuck super hard in this village, which is highly unfortunate. Um <laughs> Rivals during sporting events will often be heard chanting who hung the monkey to taunt the Hartlepool teams. And there are many memorials to the mo- to the little monkey in the town. And the town's mascots are all monkey themed. Um, oh, wow. And a candidate for mayor ran on a slogan of, quote, free bananas for school children and dressed in the local mascot costume of Hangus the monkey in 2002. <laughs> This this candidate's name is Stuart Drummond. He won three times on this campaign platform. Three bananas. I mean, I'd take him at this point. Oh. Anything's better than Trump. Yeah. I'd take the I, monkey. I, I would also take find, the monkey. All right. Stuart Drummond Hartlepool. I'm finding yep, a photo you Googling? of this man. Oh, yeah. How's it looking? Oh, She's going to find photos of the inside of his father's home. Oh, he's he's preparing to step down. Oh, he's served so many great terms. He's ready. Oh, it's because the office was abolished. (laughs) Because he got real sick of bananas. For 11 years. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm loving that. That was a good one. Oh, my God. All right, I am sending a photo to the chat. This will be on the drive. Or this will Absolutely, be on the blog. Absolutely, please. Please, please, please. What are you sending? <laughs> he's just he's just a sad little man. Not sad. I mean, he's oh, probably fine. He's just a little man. Looks, yes, he just looks like the most like normal guy ever. <laughs> he's just a man in an ill-fitting yeah. suit. He's just, yeah, he's just a man. I love him. 
Oh. Anyway, those are my those are my cases. <laughs> I like well it. Well done. I'm gonna deep this dive onto so this fun. Drummond man. I'm glad to have clarification awesome. on the French monkey, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's definitely, you know, it. It, it raises a lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor right. monkey o. Poor monkey Special thanks to monkey Yes. And also to our fan picker, Lara Vukulich. Thank you Nailed for it. this episode topic and my case you crushed. <clears throat> you oh, really did. Thank you, Lara. Uh, kicking off our five bucks a month tier. Thank you to Lindsay. Uh, mm. I'm I'm assuming it's Lindsay no Lohan. <laughs> oh, doy. Lindsay doy. hardly knowsy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Marin Marin O'Neill. I O'Neill at your feet. Thank you for your donation. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carly Montagna. Montaigne. Montaigne. Mm. Joe Montana. Joe Montana is a person, and so are you. Thank you. We'll climb <gasps> your mountain range mm. with your consent. Thank you also to Bonnie McIntyre. Wow. This you, sounds like a country singer. You have oh, a wow. country album, for sure. And a Christmas you special. Better. God bless mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Lauren Cronin. That's a lot of Croner, Lauren Cronin. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing your wealth with us. Thank you, Trey Robinson. You've got our hearts on a platter. Here's to you, Trey Robinson. Put your trays in the upright position for landing. Yeah. You know it. Thank you, Sierra Hubbard. Old Mother Hubbard. It's got nothing on you. Hopefully you don't (laughs) live in a shoe. (laughs) Or that you do, because that'd be kind of badass. Yeah, it's true. Thank you, Jesse Stugard, Stougard, I am guarding your donation with my life. Stuarding Gerd. Mm-hmm. Gerd. <laughs> Thank you. Gerd on you. <laughs> You're gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel Thompson. Uh, you're the Thompson. I got Nailed nothing, it. you guys. I'm so bad I at this. I love it. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you're you. The top, so- you're the Coliseum. Oh, anyway, I love sorry. that song. Thank you, it's Sophie so Nunez. We got nothing on... Nunez. <sighs> no Nunez is good news. You are Thank you, Jamie Austin. Your classical writings, Jamie mm. Austin, have us titillated. Mm. Mr. Darcy. Uh, thank you, Amanda Chaswell. Amanda de Chassonet. Mm. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your rigorous defense of the rats, Amanda. The rats. And then the splinter group of Christians. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Megan Matthews. Megan, we're begging for your donation. Mm. We appreciate it. Thank we're you. Begging. <laughs> we are begging. Um, thank you, Delena Malozzi. Uh, 
We're gonna take your money to the mall. Oopsie. Sorry for the delay in my response. <laughs> my brain is a little melted. There we go. Delay. Okay, is it already my turn, dear God? Yes. Thank you, Candace Rogers. We're missing you like candy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we are missing you like candy. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Thank you, Laura Han. Good Hanya, Laura. Thank you so much. Mm. Gonna get so many mozzarella sticks from your five bucks a month. Mm. And thank you, Laura Vogelsang. I am singing your praises, Laura mm. Vogelsang. I and am your verbalizing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Alio. And we Monkey-o. will not hang the Alio, just the monkey-o. <laughs> monkey-o. No. Poor monkey-o. Thank you, Allison Sanders. I'd love to be on a sandy beach right now mm. with Allison Sanders. Mm-hmm. One day. Ah, uh, you know where else I'd like to be? In Libby Cave. Wait, Uh-oh. in Libby. Oh. No, no, okay, wait, wait. That's... Okay. With consent. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I'm in a cave. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, Libby, I'm so sorry. Please go on to the next one. Please. I can't breathe. All right. All right. Thank you to Emily Soothing Ocean Sounds Campbell. So, Emily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. 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 Since we've done Soothing Ocean Sounds. Mm. <laughs> the foghorn is my favorite. <laughs> oh my god! All right, thank you, Daedra. We want to spend our days and nights with you, Daedra. Daydreaming yeah. about you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rachel Heinrich. Somebody give me the Heinrich maneuver. I'm choking <laughs> on gratitude. Okay. <laughs> I want to be in Libby Cave. God damn it. <laughs> you know where I want to be? In Libby's Cave. <laughs> You're, you've officially been sued. I'm confident. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you to Carrie Ann McGee. You fill us mm. with McGlee mm. with your donation. Yeah, Carrie Ann. Thank you, carry on, carry on. <laughs> Brian McWilliams. Um, You're my McWill favorite sandwich at McDonald's. McWill, you be our Valentine's? Oh, okay. <laughs> Brian it's McNabber, November, all right. but all right. <laughs> we got Sarah McNichol. You're giving us a lot of McNichols, Sarah McNichol. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine Cornwell. For increasing mm, your donation from five <laughs> to ten dollars, you want to be in a well full of corn. You want to be in Libby's cave full of corn. <laughs> Libby's back cave, cave needs to be full of corn. <laughs> needs to be a well full of corn. You're really grossing oh. me out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Okay, following on this uh, $10 a month level, that means all these folks are going to get a free flexible fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail. Flexible fucking patriarchy wine glass. Lauren Knoisen. Free flexible fucking patriarchy wine glass. Sorry, it's so high. It's just great. <laughs> it's really kicked in. I feel like we could chart exactly it's when it kicked, kicked in. in. Yeah. That's it. Serena Green. The green is flowing through my veins now, Serena Green. Thanks for all the green, Serena Green. Thank you to Lorley Davin. The Lorelei? states that you... Oh, maybe it is Lorelei. I'm too high for this. The lore states that you have given us a donation of $10 a month. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Candace Henolt. I read that as Candace Hazelnut because I'm just so hungry now. I'm really hungry. <laughs> and you're really fucked up. So that's fair. I know. Candace Henolt. <laughs> hell no. We're not going to reject your 10 bucks a month. Thank you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what else we're not going to reject is Eliza Stevenson. I'm not lying to Eliza. We are very appreciative of your donation. Mm-hmm. Sarah Har. Hardy Har Har. Har Har. Making us hearty with your donations. Thank you. Yeah, we're not laughing at you, Sarah Har. Uh, we're also not laughing at Heather Dollar. Bet your bottom dollar, Heather Dollar. Heather wants to shout out their, quote, Stardust Sister Bunny. I love you, girl. You know I got your back. Let's blow this shit. Oh, my yeah. God. I want Heather Dollar to be my friend. This sounds badass. <laughs> I, I don't want, know what shit we're blowing, but I'm in. Call I want to be called Stardust Sister Bunny. That made yeah. me feel warm and fuzzy. For real. Thank you, Jordan Clements. Jordan wants to shout out their friend, Melissa, a crusader for dogs, and who is, quote, outspoken in all the best ways. She is an advocate for women. Yes. She stands side by side with her LGBTQ friends. Yes. She shows Mm -hmm. up. That's all there is Mm -hmm. to it. I don't know how many people who truly walk the walk, but Melissa is certainly one of them. Good on you, Melissa. Good on you, Jordan. Thank you so much for your support. Oh, this is too much pressure. Okay, kicking off our $15 a month trash <laughs> king, queen, neither, neither, or both tier is Dijon Ott, who requested no low-hanging fruit, please. <laughs> well, you ought to assume I'm not going to go there with a name like Dijon. <laughs> so, there you go. I didn't even say must. God damn it. Mustard, I <laughs> She's high. She's high. Thank you, I'm Jessica so Bancroft. Mm. We hope you didn't go bankrupt Ooh. with your donations. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a fun one. Who requested me? All right. Uh, thank you, Justine Bushayam. <laughs> Damn, Bushayam. There's a K in there. I know. I just don't know how to pronounce KJ because I'm very white American. I am questioning how to pronounce that first name. (laughs) Kachest, kaching, ching, basham, basham. Okay, (laughs) thank you, Katrina Stevens. Uh, Kaching, thank you for your donation. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle Wong. I am Michelle, life of a half-life of a person. 
<laughs> you are and you're getting twenty five dollars a month, so you should Michelle us your options on a case and or wine and or topic and or all three because you Michelle deserve it, Michelle. Jesus Christ! All right, we got another you Mick out for that donation to get that pick. <laughs> there we go. We got there. Thank you, Mariel Gowder. No, wait, I skipped no, one. No, you skipped one. Al McCarty, but this is a sans serif font, so your first name could be A.I. McCarty, and I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Artificial Intelligence McCarty <laughs> here for with $25 your... a month donation. <laughs> your endless gifts to the human race, possibly imminent <laughs> destruction. We'll go with it. <sighs> And if you are like all of my exes and afraid of commitment, you can give a once-off donation on our website at wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com, where you can also buy merch. And Mariel Gowder did just that. Mariel Gowder, I wonder if you've seen the movie Powder. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you God. have not, <laughs> 0 out of 10 would not recommend, but 10 out of 10 do love it. <laughs> Take that as you will. As a friend, you shouldn't watch it, but as someone who's seen it, endless references. You, you should watch it. All right. Thank you to Lorna Bray for your $25 once-off donation. So generous. I'm braying with appreciation for you. <laughs> I'm tossing my phallic horn and braying <laughs> with affection. Um, Emily Mitchell, son of a Mitchell, you have donated $100 once off to us. That's a lot of mozzarella sticks, Emily Mitchell. We will erect a <laughs> vigil in your honor, Emily Mitchell. Okay. I'm going to go to bed now. Thank you to everyone. <laughs> we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> if I survive. <laughs> Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! <laughs> Hello! Check out our podcast, Grand Rapidians Play Video Games. Every episode we review a beer, talk about games we play, and recommend a podcast or something else. I'm Willie, I'm not your normal beer snob. I've been to more than 150 different breweries, but I always keep hams in the fridge. <laughs> I'm Ginger, and I am in the first Guinness World Record Book video game edition on the Tetris page. I'm Simon, and I can usually kick their butt in most video <laughs> games. We drink while we record. <laughs> Fuck yes, we do. <laughs> find us wherever you find podcasts and enjoy. <laughs>